Welcome. You are listening to the Smoky Acres Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie, and this is the podcast about my imperfect journey to a homestead lifestyle and lowering my environmental footprint. This episode is probably going to be posted hopefully by the end of today, but I know it's a little late. I try to get my episodes up every Monday morning, early afternoon, and I'm just a little late to the party. I... Usually I'm really on top of getting my recordings done, having them all edited and uploaded and scheduled to come out Monday morning so I don't really have to like worry about them over the weekend. But this weekend was, my birthday was on Saturday and I had friends come up and I just kind of, it's not that I forgot about it, I just kind of put it on the back burner so I could enjoy myself a little bit. Kyle had been... Oh, a little secretive about my birthday, but I thought maybe he was just planning a nice dinner or something. We were hanging out Friday evening. He got done with work early, and we're just hanging out, and he's like, oh, do you want to put up the tent? We could camp out tonight. It's a pretty nice night, and I thought that sounded like a great idea, so we're getting that set up, and at one point, I ran in to get something, and when I came back out, my like best friends from high school, Bailey and Laura, and their boyfriends Sam and Eamon, were just like walking up my driveway, and it scared the crap out of me a little bit. Like I was not expecting to see people in my yard, and I definitely wasn't expecting to see them, but it was a great surprise. And then we all camped out and had a bonfire that night, and the next morning while we were eating breakfast, my other best friend Katie and her boyfriend Alex showed up walking up the driveway as well so I got to spend the weekend with some of my really great friends and we just kind of hung out all day Saturday here at the house and played cornhole and had a few beers and had a bonfire and just hung out and yesterday Sunday we had went to Wisconsin Point and had a beach day and it just was really nice to just hang out with people and have like a really summery weekend and not have to worry about anything. So it was a really good birthday and they also all got me some really sweet gifts as well. Um, Katie put together this little package with like a bottle of wine and a couple face masks and she got me this like journal activity book that has to do with chakras that I'm really excited to dig into a little bit and Two, after being with people all weekend long, I am a little tired and I just need to have a laid back day. So I think I'll probably dig into that book a little bit. I'm excited to see the kinds of like activities and stuff that are in there. And then Bailey and Laura, Sam and Eamon got me a membership to the podcast My Favorite Murder. And it's their, they call it their fan cult. And it's something that I've wanted for so long. Like I've been listening to the My Favorite Murder podcast for years now, and I wait every week for another episode to come out, and I just, I saw the their live show, I think last summer I went to their live show, Now it was lots of fun too, and so I'm a huge fan, and I've always wanted to be a part of their fan cult, because they have bonus episodes and videos and exclusive merch and stuff like that, but it's not a necessity to like spend the money on it so it's not something I would really buy for myself so it's cool that they got that for me and I'm excited to see 
everything that has to do with that. They also got me a bottle of wine. So now my little wine cupboard is fully stocked. And then Kyle, he got me an iPad for my tattoo apprenticeship. So that will be like my work iPad where I can refine drawings and answer my work emails and all of that. So it's really, it's exciting to have that piece because it makes me feel like I'm that much closer to actually starting to tattoo. So I'm really excited about that. And it was just like a really nice weekend. And it's really great that like I have a group of friends that are willing to come up here last minute to celebrate my birthday and hang out with me and it just really meant a lot and they're great guests to have as well especially when I'm not prepared to be hosting people they're super great about like making sure everyone's like pitching in whether it's like washing dishes or cleaning up garbage or helping making meals or bringing food with so it just makes it way easier to relax having guests like that at my house. So yeah, that's why this episode is going up a little bit later, because I just decided to have a good weekend. I also, when I first started recording this episode, I had to pause and start over because I have the windows open, there's a nice cool breeze, and I'm just trying to like air out the house a little bit, and the chickens started making, like just started clucking like crazy, one of them must have been laying an egg or something. But I swear it went on for like five minutes straight. And so I had to pause and start over. But maybe I should have kept it because that's pretty appropriate for today's topic. I wanted to talk about our chickens a little bit today. Or just like owning chickens in general. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do this week's episode on. But after doing last week's on the goats, I felt like it was appropriate just to jump forward and talk about the chickens a little bit. I'm also, I have a list of ideas for future episodes, but if there's something as a listener that you really would like me to talk about or you would want to hear more of or you're really just interested in, please shoot me a message over Instagram. I also have an email too at smokyacrefarm at gmail.com that I can take questions or even like options or ideas for episode topics. I'd be super interested and I want to be putting out episodes that are things that are of interest to listeners. Um, So if you have any ideas, let me know. I'd be happy to do something like that. So know which episode topics I need to prioritize a little bit. So chickens, they're great. And I really think that everyone should have a couple chickens or at least like try it once in their life or something. I don't know. They're just really great to have around, and I'm just going to dive into some of the benefits of having chickens, um, and then some of the struggles or cons of having chickens as well. Like, it's not all fun and games, and there are some struggles to owning chickens, so I'll talk about that a little bit, and what you would need in order to own some chickens, whether you are going to have 30 plus chickens like Kyle and I do that like free range all over your property or you just want like five backyard chickens and a coop in the city. They're really an accessible farm animal for a lot of people. And then I'll also just kind of talk about the types, the breeds of chickens that Kyle and I own. They're nothing too extravagant and I think eventually we will probably add different variety into our flock but 
for now we only have well we have like three different kinds of chickens but really two main ones that I'll talk about a lot and so that way too if you are not really knowing where to start that might be a good place so some of the benefits of owning chickens are of course fresh eggs fresh eggs are so much better than store-bought eggs they just really are if you haven't compared one side by side it's something I highly recommend you do there truly is such a difference from the shell itself you buy white bleached eggs in the grocery store and the shell is a completely different texture and color and they're different shapes and you can just tell that they're all way more uniform than farm fresh eggs farm fresh eggs I think just the shells are so much prettier we have some that are all sorts of colors we have some bluish green eggs we have some that get all speckled every once in a while you get like a funny egg that's like really wrinkly or we've gotten eggs that are so big that they look like duck eggs and usually those have double yolks in them and their shells are way thicker and then when it comes to the egg on the inside farm fresh eggs have a really like almost deep orangey yellow yolk instead of that light yellow yolk of a store-bought egg so it's more of a deeper yellow orange color they have a creamier texture they're so much better for baking too you really wouldn't think you'd notice much of a difference when you're baking but it truly does make a difference I even notice like when I'm doing French toast I need less farm fresh eggs in my French toast batter than I do store-bought eggs so even if you don't decide to own chickens yourself, I highly recommend buying farm fresh eggs from someone local that you know or at a farmer's market or even choosing the most local eggs in your grocery store. They're definitely worth the few extra dollars. I think that's what puts people off to buying farm fresh eggs is the cost. You have to spend like $4 a carton versus a dollar a carton. But just for like your health, and the quality of egg and taste and flavor and all of that that goes into a farm fresh egg versus store-bought eggs it's definitely worth the extra money so that's probably the biggest benefit of having chickens but you know chickens also can be pest control we free range ours so they can they eat all the little bugs and everything in our yard i watch them chase around moths and mosquitoes and they'll eat ticks too um, I also know, oh, guinea hens, they also are really good for tick control. Kyle, I think, owned a couple guineas. I've heard they can be kind of annoying to own. I don't really know why. I haven't really looked into them that much, but I also know that their main thing is eating ticks. So if you have dogs like we do, or I mean, even just as a person too, it's, I mean, ticks are such an annoying pest. If you have something that can get rid of them, why not? They also produce compost. I mean, even if they're not consistently laying eggs for you, they're at least giving you compost, which is gonna be great for your garden. And chickens really are a low maintenance farm animal. They don't require as much food or attention or care as goats or cows or pigs or even ducks and they're really like 
a low maintenance farm animal that even if you don't feel like you're skilled in a farming kind of area they're easy enough to do I mean like I said you can have just like five backyard chickens and really you'll get a handful of eggs and you won't have to do a whole lot also if you have kids I believe that it's a great way to give your like it's a great chore option for kids the chores are relatively easy whether that's just collecting eggs filling the water filling the feed and it like lets your child be able to care for something that also is bringing food to the table and I find that highly valuable I know just from Kyle's experience if you go back and listen to the episode where I talk with him a little while but he grew up raising birds and I think it just the way it helped him develop a care and knowledge of where his food comes and caring for animals and a kind of discipline that it takes to raise animals and then just to deal with loss too because that's inevitable you're gonna lose chickens they will die whether it's from predators or natural causes or some sort of condition it happens and I think although you don't want to expose your kids to excessive amounts of death and sadness and all that I think it is probably good to go through I didn't really go through that as a kid and I know it seems a little bit harder for me than it does for someone who has experienced it a lot more Not that it's easy ever to lose a pet or an animal, but I think it's just good to experience that as a young age so that, like, death isn't such a scary thing. Chickens are also just great to have around. They're pretty hilarious, the way they walk through our yard, the way they interact. They walk up to us and try to, like, steal our food every once in a while, and they're just funny creatures so they're just kind of entertaining to have around walking around on our property and when we have people over too everyone is into the chickens they love seeing them at our housewarming party we even let them free range around and people were holding the chickens and because the chickens that we have are pretty docile and friendly so they're not aggressive towards people at all and so people were holding the chickens and trying to play with them and this past weekend having my friends in town they were feeding the chickens and everything so they're just kind of great to have around whether it's for your own entertainment or when you have people over some of the struggles with having chickens um people really think like smell is a big thing and sure their chicken coop doesn't smell great and they do like to poop on our deck that's their favorite thing to do lately is in the evening they all the roosters gather their hands up on the deck and they all sit up there and clean themselves poop all over our deck and then run to the chicken coop as fast as they can to put them themselves asleep for the night and but we just spray off our deck it's not that big of a deal their chicken coop we muck out the chicken coop maybe like once a year like usually in the spring after a winter of them being in there a lot And then we put all that in our compost. But really, like, the smell isn't that bad compared to 
other things. It's not as bad as, like, cow manure or anything like that. I think the worst probably is in the spring if you've had anything frozen, freeze in the winter at all, and then when it thaws in the spring, it's not the greatest. Um, but there's, depending on the style of your chicken coop, there can be really easy ways to take care of that. I also have heard of people using the, like, doing a layering method where you, like, basically layer straw or hay or mulch of some sort over it and you kind of just, like, let it, you layer it instead of completely cleaning it out. It, like, helps neutralize the smell, but then you're also creating really good compost and then eventually you take it out of there, but that's a really low-maintenance way of doing it as well. Another difficult aspect to having chickens is wintering. Obviously in the summer it's much easier. You can we just let ours free range about. They have plenty of space to move around. It's a little more difficult in the winter when they're not gonna trek through the snow and they also can get frostbite. Luckily this year we didn't have any major issues with frostbite. Our roosters combs did get a little frostbite on the tips. They like turned black. Those parts will fall off basically and they'll be fine. Um, but chickens can lose toes and lose their waddly things or their combs or any of that due to frostbite. So just making sure that they stay warm. We have a heat lamp and a like brooding panel that we kept out there. Plus our chicken coop is kind of insulated. It's not super well insulated, but we try to like insulate parts of it so that it maintains some heat. So that's maybe just a little bit of a struggle is making sure that your chickens are warm throughout the winter. They're also going to be producing less eggs over the winter months, if any at all. We had issues with the few eggs that we would get this past winter would be frozen and not good by the time we would get to them. So that's something to note too. The winter months in Minnesota if you're raising chickens. It's a lot of just caring for animals that really aren't doing much for you and are more of a project than in the summer when you can just let them free range and there's tons of bugs and they are laying more actively. Speaking of winter, like I mentioned, there's inconsistency with their egg laying. So you can't expect to get a dozen of eggs every single week on a schedule. Some days we only get three eggs, some other days we don't get any. Some days though we get like a dozen eggs in a day. So it really goes up and down quite a bit. We just recently thought something was wrong because we were only getting like one or two eggs every other day and like where are all their eggs going? Like why aren't they laying eggs? Well then Kyle went to go grab a bale of hay to feed our goats and underneath the tarp where we kept our hay there was a nest in there where the chickens had been going and laying all their eggs and there was over 15 eggs underneath there. So that's another thing too is like the fact that we let them free range they'll find other areas to lay eggs but also they're not consistently laying. They will lay more in the summer. It laid a lot in the spring. It's died down on really hot days. And then in the winter, they're not going to be laying as many eggs, if any at all. And then, like I said, death is inevitable. When you own animals, you can expect not all of them to make it. 
It's just a part of how it is. And chickens aren't predators. They're prey. They're, they're very vulnerable creatures. They're not super fast. They don't really fly that well. If, like, they can fly, like, a foot or two off the ground to, like, hop from one area to the other. But they're not, like, flying away from anything. They're very easy to pick off if you are a predator. So that is a very difficult part. When we, the first batch of chickens that we got, we had five, and they were just baby chicks, and we moved them outside to our coop too soon. We should have kept them in our basement like we do with our baby chicks now, but we moved them out to the coop. We were really excited. We had just built the coop. And we knew there was some, some more work we needed to do on our chicken coop, but we figured they would, they would be fine. There was a couple small cracks, but they weren't anything major, and really, you wouldn't think that anything would be able to fit through there. Well, in the very first day, we lost three of our five chicks. Something, whether it was like a raccoon that could reach up underneath with its five fingers, or a little like ermine weasel kind of creature that can get in there killed three of the baby chicks while Kyle and I were at work the very first day that we had them. So that was super sad. I was the one that found them and it was just a big blow. We were so excited about getting chickens and here we had three of them die on the first day. And we really questioned, like, is this something that we want to do? Do we want to get more chickens and have to possibly go through this again? But we decided to use it as a learning opportunity, knowing that they needed a more secure spot, just how we wanted to move forward in the future. It is can be tough. We also had, last summer, we had a hawk pick off one of our chickens. Um, and then this spring we had another chicken die due to some sort of condition. She, you could tell that she was like not feeling good and then she separated herself from the rest of the coop and just like peacefully died in her sleep. So, I mean, it does happen. Luckily, we haven't had any really major problems besides like those few separate times over the past couple years. We haven't had any major predator issues. I know my aunt has chickens and they really struggle with predators. They've had skunks take over their coop. They've had owls actually inside of their chicken coop. Um, they had had raccoons in there. I think an eagle at some point too. So they have a lot more and they're not too far from us. They're only about a 15 minute drive over in the Pike Lake area. But they've just had many more struggles with predators. So. That's definitely one of the biggest issues, I think, with owning chickens is just they're very vulnerable creatures and you have to realize that things are going to happen. It's not all sunshines and rainbows and farm fresh eggs. Sometimes it's a sad, tragic death. Luckily, that is a very small part of owning chickens. It's not going to be your everyday thing. It's hopefully for you and for us, very few and far between. Now if you're considering getting chickens, one main thing is your chicken coop. You should have a plan, you should look into styles that you think are going to work for you. Um, I really like the chicken coops that are almost up on 
like stilts so they're like raised up off the ground and they have a walkway for the chickens to get up in there but then you have just like a hatch on the side that opens up to their nesting boxes so that you can grab the eggs out of the side and then on the other side you have a hatch where it has all their food and water and it's up on like eye level so it's super accessible and seems like a really simple way the only issue I think would be probably cleaning it out and that's why Kyle and I decided to do a bigger chicken coop that we can fully stand up in which I really appreciate being able to walk into our chicken coop and being able to fully stand up navigate around in there it made mucking up the chicken coop this springtime really easy to be able to get in there get it super clean we can also rearrange it really easily. I think the only issue though is the way we have to rearrange the space. Kyle has a love for A-frames and so he really wanted to do an A-frame style chicken coop and it just makes it a little difficult for stacking nesting speaking of chickens, but it makes it really difficult for stacking the nesting boxes and just kind of organizing space because you have the walls coming in at an angle. But it works out pretty well and there's a good amount of square footage in there so we're able to accommodate the amount of chickens that we need. But yeah, if you're considering getting chickens, take the time and do some re research into the kind of chicken coop style that you want. You can buy fully furnished chicken coops online. I don't know how much those cost. But if you don't feel like you're capable of building one, that's definitely an option. Kyle and I, building a chicken coop isn't that much of a challenge, so we decided to build our own. Some of it is like scrap material or just lumber that we had around. Um, there, We have a window, well we have two windows on our chicken coop that we got from the Materials Recovery Center here in Duluth off of Rice Lake Road. We got those for free there. We also got our door, actually I think the door was a door that was in our house that we took off because it was really in the way and didn't serve a purpose. We put that door on our chicken coop. Fortunately it's like an indoor door so it's not holding up too well and we ended up getting a nice outside door that's insulated and we need to get that replaced. But for the most part you can use reuse materials that you have laying around. I saw one person made a bunch of nesting boxes out of old wine crates. Our nesting boxes were actually these compartment things like storage that Kyle made for the back of one of his trucks that we no longer have. They just happened to kind of work perfectly so we flipped them upside down and stacked them and put them in the chicken coop and we don't have enough nesting boxes for the amount of chickens we have right now, so we're actually going to add on to those and add in some more. And then for the roosting bars in our chicken coop, we just found some really solid small trees, and we're just going to put those in there too. So you can really reuse materials. You don't have to go out and spend tons of money on fancy chicken nesting boxes. Like I saw the ones at Fleet Farm were like 20 bucks for like a plastic nesting box. It's not necessary. Our friends Marcy and Brian just used five gallon buckets like tilted on their side. 
and they built a little frame for them and their chickens use that and it works perfectly fine. So it's really not necessary to go out and buy all those really specific chicken items. I mean, like I said, our chickens made their own nesting box out of our hay pile. So they're not super picky. Another thing I recommend if you're planning on getting chickens is just checking with your city ordinances. Depending on how in town or out of town you are, everyone's going to have different ordinances they have to follow. So we're within city limits, so we do have to be careful, I guess, with the amount of chickens that we own. For the Duluth City, they measure in animal units. So a chicken is 0.01 animal unit. So a single chicken counts as 0.01. And for the acreage that we have, so if you're anywhere between five and a half to 10 acres, which we have six, you're allowed five animal units. Now keep in mind this also includes your dogs or your cat or our goats. So goats and dogs are 0.2 animal units and then our cat is 0.02 animal units. So we are nowhere near the amount of animal units that we can have. I mean, five animal units is quite a bit if you're thinking about a chicken only counts as 0.01 of those. So with our two dogs, our two goats, and our cat, and then let's say we had about 30 chickens. I just did 30 because I don't remember how many we have right now with all our baby chicks and everything, but with all, 30 chickens, two dogs, two goats, and a cat, we're at 1.74 animal units, and we can have up to five. We could have a lot of chickens here. I mean, we don't want to fill up five animal units worth of chickens because then we would be drowning in chickens and in eggs, but as you can see, for chickens, it's really, the ordinances can be kind of loose, and we're in a residential rural area. If you're in, within city limits and you have less than an acre, you're probably looking at only being able to have a few chickens. Now, chickens are sociable creatures, and they do like to be with other chickens, so I wouldn't recommend having any less than like three to four at the very minimum. I think five or more is probably like where you want to be if you only have like two to three chickens they're gonna be so bored and lonely and they're also gonna be more vulnerable because they tend to travel in their groups for protection so that's just something to keep in mind too and just checking in with what your city allows now, if you're out in the country, you can probably just have hundreds of chickens and no one's ever going to check in on you to see what's going on. Not that you want hundreds and hundreds of chickens, but it, you're definitely not going to have as many rules to follow. Uh, there's this one YouTuber that I was watching and she does a bunch of homestead lifestyle kind of videos. And she talked about how her biggest regret when she got chickens was... They decided they wanted lots and they got, they had hundreds of chickens and they had like egg deals so like they were distributing eggs. Well then when one chicken got sick they all got sick and they were spending all their time trying to 
have maintenance chickens and they then weren't getting eggs so then all their like egg deals went down and they weren't having eggs for their own family and then they had to put all their chickens on antibiotics which you really don't want to do so it ended up being a big mess and they decided to dial back the amount of chickens that they had because they really just like lost sight of what the original plan was was to have a good amount of chickens in order to have enough eggs or they maybe had some meat chickens as well too but just enough for like their family so they really regretted just like really diving into it and having way too many other things that you need if you are gonna own chickens are your feeders your waterers and a heat source like i said in the winter you're gonna want like a brooding panel or a heating panel or heat lamps that's something to keep in mind too your chickens are going to use electricity so you probably want your chicken coop somewhat close to your house or you can just like really well insulate the chicken coop too like i said ours isn't super well insulated but doing that too they'll be able to maintain more heat themselves just with their movement and their body heat and then you might be able to save some electrical money that way as well. You can buy your basic feeders. Um, you might be able to find someone. I mean, we go through different feeders all the time and change up what we're doing. So you might find someone local who's willing to like sell you a used feeder super cheap. Just make sure you clean it good when you get it. But feeders aren't super expensive. And then for waterers, we've actually struggled finding water, water earth like containers that work super well um the ones that are meant for chickens we noticed that they just get the little like tray around it that the water's in so dirty so fast and that can be really bad for them to be drinking water that's filled with their own poop and straw and all of that so we've looked into different ones and Kyle actually found these things that are called like nipple something or other and you can use any bucket you could use a five gallon bucket you could use like if we really cleaned out one of the like litter containers that like cat litter comes in we clean that out really well we could use that basically drill a hole and insert these plastic nipple things on them and then the chicken just has to peck at it in order to get water and it's a way cleaner and they're easier to fill too than like those plastic chicken waters. You have to fill this like rounded top part, put the tray on it upside down and then try to like flip it. And in the winter, it's such a pain in the butt trying to fill those. Um, the one though that we have for winter time is a heated water bucket. So that will obviously be one that we will hang on to, but these little nipple things that you can add to any sort of bucket to fill with water is super convenient. I will post a link to those in the show notes and then when I post like some photo a photo set of the chickens and whatnot on Instagram at Smoky Acre Farm I will post a photo of those as well so you can have a better idea of what I'm talking about because I probably didn't explain it that well. Another thing to note about chickens is just the cost of feed. You obviously have to feed them. So um, for like we get cracked corn and layer chicken layer um, from Fleet Farm. It's the Sprout brand. 
we tried to buy organic feed and they wouldn't eat it. They were not about it. It was more expensive than the Sprout brand and it was organic and they would not touch the stuff. I swear they would have starved themselves to death before they ate it. So they like the Sprout brand. The layer is about $12 for a 50 pound bag. Whereas the cracked corn is more like $8 for a 5 pound bag or a 50 pound bag. Same with chicken grit. That's going to be about $8 for a 50 pound bag. We just get those through Fleet Farm because that's the closest place to us. Um, we have one local feed place, but like I said, we tried because we wanted to order through a local place and all they had was the organic chicken feed and our chickens didn't like it. I wish there was more options and if we were in more of a farming town, there probably would be. We had a local place off of Price Lake Road that we really liked and that's where we got most of our animal feed and they unfortunately closed down. So our best option and cheapest option is Fleet Farm, which is kind of annoying. I don't really like shopping there, but it's what we have. So I don't really know how fast we go through the bags. We usually buy a handful at a time and we kind of stock up on it and then we dump the bags into this giant container that's in their chicken coop so that it's easier to fill their feed. Because we're constantly filling that, I really don't know how many we go through. Kyle honestly probably has a better idea. So I'll ask him and I'll add that into the next episode as an update. Uh, chickens also aren't going to lay eggs for their whole entire lives. They live about eight years and they're going to be productively laying for those first two to three years. And productively laying means they lay about one egg every 22 hours. When they get older, they still might lay an egg here or there, but it's just not going to be as consistent. And then basically, you are either, this is going to sound kind of brutal, but you either are going to kill them at that point, which I feel like most of the people I talk to really can't because you get attached to them at that point, or you're just going to like feed them and they're basically a pet at that point because you're not getting eggs out of them. But like I said, they're still pest control. They, you can still get compost out of them as well. They can also be pretty good as gardeners for you. Um, not when you have plants that you put in the ground that you don't want them to eat, but maybe at the end of the season or the beginning of the season, they will go in and they'll dig up weeds for you. They'll go in and poop in there. So they're pooping compost for you. At the end of the season, if you have leftover stuff that has gone bad or whatever, they'll go in and eat that and basically automatically compost it for you versus putting all of those like scraps in a pile and trying to compost them that way. So at the end of my gardening season, I will put all my chickens in my gardening area and let them scratch and eat bugs and dig things up and really just like get that soil nice and worked over so to get some more nutrients back into it. So they can be really great gardening assistants. Um, they also can be the worst and destroy things. Whenever I am trying to plant any sort of landscaping stuff, they run over because they associate me digging with worms and other bugs. So they run over and we've put mulch around some of our landscaping around our house and they go in and they scratch at it and they kick it all out even though we like put rocks to keep it in. Um, I planted a hosta that they all took to laying on and hopefully the hosta comes back next year, but it's looking really sad this year. So that's just kind of 
one aspect of chickens is they can be a little annoying for your landscaping. So if you are super, like, animal retentive about keeping your landscaping perfect, maybe just have your chickens in a chicken run and don't let them free range. You can also do, like, the chicken tractors where it's, like, a little chicken run that you can move around your yard so that they're in different parts of your yard, but you can kind of control where they're at. For me, it's not that big of a deal if a couple things get destroyed here or there. It happens. I'm okay with it. They're happy chickens. Now, just to kind of wrap up talking about chickens, I just thought I'd talk about the couple of breeds that we have. The first breed being our Rhode Island Reds. Those are going to be our two roosters, or Rhode Island Reds, which are kind of like the very typical chicken that you would think of. They're kind of like that reddish-brown color with a bright red comb and a bright red wattle. You can hear them making noise right now, too. And then they have, like, the black, almost like, they're almost like green, iridescent, but black tail feathers. So they're very a very typical-looking rooster. Um, when I was reading about the breed... It says that they're an American breed that were originally bred for both meat and egg chickens. So, like, the two kinds of breeds that were brought together to make Rhode Island Reds were bred for that purpose, so that they were dual purpose. But now, most modern breeds of Rhode Island Reds are going to be just your egg layers. Although, like, our roosters are kind of thick boys, they would maybe be a decent meat chicken if we wanted them to be. Which, we have... A bunch of chicks that we hatched this year and there are a handful of roosters within those so we obviously don't want tons of roosters running around our property one or two for the amount of chicken or amount of hens that we have is gonna be appropriate any more than that it's gonna be kind of a nightmare unfortunately like it's gonna be difficult but we will butcher the our roosters come fall time when they're about six months old because that's the prime time for doing that and we'll have fresh chicken stocked in our freezer which is kind of a bummer to like hatch these chickens and raise them and then have to kill them but really no one's buying roosters and what else do you really do and then at the same time then we have our own chicken we're not buying chicken from the store we aren't benefiting factory farms, which I'm not even going to get started on. But really, I would rather have either locally bought chicken or chickens that I raise myself. So that's just kind of the mindset that I have to keep when it comes to butchering chickens is that this is something that is benefiting us and it's what we've kind of decided our lifestyle is going to be like. We have talked about getting meat chickens too for the future because the breeds that we have right now are egg layers and we maybe will want some meat chickens in the future. But yeah, our Rhode Island Reds, they're great. They're beautiful. Our chicks that we hatched this year in our incubator are going to be a crossbreed between our Rhode Island Red Roosters and our Bovins Brown hens. So we have... I think now we have about nine Bovins Brown hens, and the website for them said they're highly versatile and robust birds. Um, but they have like really high peaking egg production, and they're very persistent egg layers. 
They're also very docile, easy to manage. They're very friendly, low maintenance. They're a very good, consistent, reliable chicken to have for egg layers. So that is definitely a breed I would recommend to people if they're looking into having egg laying chickens. Two, I mean, we aren't selling any more this year, but we did sell a handful of chickens and we'll probably hatch more for next spring. So if you wanted to wait until next year to get chickens, you can always try to hit us up to see if we have any that we can sell. And that would be a crossbreed between our Rhode Island Reds and our Bobbins Browns. And I think they'll be a good, reliable egg layer chicken. I'm excited to see how our chicks, which we have some that are getting pretty big now. They were born on April 20th, so they're getting pretty big. And then we have two more rounds after that first round. So I'm excited to see what they look like, how different they look than our Bovins Browns and our Rhode Island Reds, if they're like somewhere in between, um, and just like how their egg production is. And that's something we have to keep in mind too, because chickens only lay for a couple of years, you do want to like replenish your flock so that you still have like a consistency of egg laying. We also have two very random chickens that we got from a local farmer. He had a huge tragedy where a, I believe it was like a weasel or an ermine or something, got into their chicken coop and they had 21 chickens and it killed 19 of them. And that's something super horrible about ermines is that they will just slaughter your whole entire flock because it's fun for them which is just like messed up in its own but he only had two chickens left after this tragedy and he didn't want to winter two chickens because they would probably would have died if they spent a whole winter just the two of them so he asked if we would want to take them and we said sure why not they're beautiful hens there's some, I don't know their specific breed, but there's some sort of like Easter egger breed. They have like this speckled kind of feathers. One is more of like a ginger color and a brown, and then the other one is more grays and browns, and we call them ginger chicken and grousey chicken because the other one kind of looks like the same colors and patterns of a grouse, and the other one obviously has a lot of ginger colored feathers. And they actually lay blue to greenish eggs versus our bovins browns they lay those like tan brown eggs um our other ones they lay the bluish green eggs which is why they're like the easter egger variety um when i was reading about that too that's actually because of a gene somewhere in breeding the chickens which apparently all easter eggers are like the mutts of chickens because they're just bred from a bunch of different ones um and somewhere along there this gene is inserted into their DNA that ends up producing a blue color, which is interesting. I kind of want to look more into that. They tend to be have way more colorful feathers as well as the colorful eggs. Um, they are very gentle birds, so I've heard that they're very popular for people who want to have backyard chickens or have children. They're a great chicken to have around because they are very gentle. It also makes them more likely to be picked on. So our Bovins Browns, although they're very friendly and they have we have no issues with them and people, they are kind of bullies to our two Easter Eggers. Not super bad, but they just kind of leave them out a little bit. All our Bovins walk around together 
and our two Easter Eggers kind of are either by themselves or um, are together but separate from the rest of them. And so our ginger chicken and our grassy chicken tend to be a little more of loners. And because of like the tragedy, they're a little more skittish and wary of people and interacting with other things than our Bowman's Browns. I don't think that's pretty typical for Easter Egger varieties. I think that's just because of their like history. They're also like pretty low maintenance as well. I mean, all chickens are, but the breeds that we have aren't aggressive. They're pretty low maintenance. They're pretty laid, chilled back or chilled out chickens. Um, Easter Eggers typically lay about four eggs a week. So it's a little bit less than a bovin, but about four eggs a week, which is about 200 a year, according to this website that I was reading. And yeah, they've really recommended those for backyard chickens. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to having chickens, but I kind of just wanted to touch on some of the more basic things. And that's kind of what I did with like the goats as well. And down the road, I'll do different episodes where I'll dive more into personal stories um, whether that's like delivering a baby goat or just other personal things about chickens and uh, maybe a little bit more about roosters too. But if you have any questions, feel free to ask me. Um, if you have any future topics you'd like me to talk about, definitely let me know. Yeah, I think that's basically all I have to say about chickens right now. I'll try to get this episode up today, and then I will talk to you all next Monday, like usual. All right, have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye.